This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast, the first post-game podcast of the Brett Bielema era, and we're talking about a win to open up the Brett Bielema era, and not over some FCS team or some MAC team. Now, Illinois beats Nebraska 30-22. to Got a little interesting at the end, but it wasn't all that competitive uh, after Illinois scored 28 straight points during a 13-minute stretch. We had a sold-out student section. You had a great group of recruits here on campus. And you had a, a team that is used to kind of losing these kind of games, finding a way to face adversity and kind of fall. Um, we've seen that in the past a lot with Illinois. That didn't happen today. Nebraska was the team that made a lot of those mistakes. And Illinois starts the Brett Bielema era 1-0. Joey Wagner, with Jeremy Warner here, Illini Enquirer Podcast. What a first statement. What a big statement for Brett Bielema. It's only one of 12. But you got to get that first one to get people excited. And what a first impression for Brett Bielema. Yeah, it is only one of 12, but they put an awful lot into one, yeah. right? I mean, they, they locked down their fortresses around what they had scheme-wise. They, they did everything they could to make sure they had every single last competitive advantage. It was all the spotlight in week zero. It was all the recruits. And, frankly, that's a big order, right, to come in here and deliver after you've done all of this. And they did, and there were some stretches. I thought after Brandon, we'll get to this, I'm sure, but I thought there were stretches they could have they could have folded a little bit. And there are stretches we've seen Illinois teams kind of drop their shoulders. The, the, the momentum's gone, the wind's out of the sail, and instead they flipped it right on its head, and they scored 28 points unanswered in 13 minutes. I, I don't remember the last time I have seen that out of an Illinois football team. It was, they did it, all three phases. Like, that's so cliché. But it literally, like, usually when people say that, it's like, okay, but special teams really? No, man, yeah. special teams was there. They, they just fired on everything today. Yeah, and I think uh, this is the first of 12 that we get to judge this, right? We've talked all offseason about how this is an apples-to-apples comparison of Lovey Smith's staff and Brett Bielma's staff. Brett Bielma won, right? Like, it, he, he had the coaching advantage today. Illinois their coaches outcoached, I thought, Nebraska. I think this was an even matchup on paper for the most part. I thought Illinois had an advantage at offensive line. I thought Nebraska's back seven was better than Illinois' passing game. I thought Illinois' running game was a little bit better than theirs. Um, but at the end of the day, Illinois finds a way to win this game. And you look across the sideline, and this is the national story that's coming out of the game. Illinois keep winning, and Illinois fans, people start talking a little bit more about Brett Bielema. But the biggest story nationally from today, like we had Pat Forty here and Adam Rittenberg, it is Scott Frost. And I don't blame them. Like, they'll talk about Brett Bielema when Brett Bielema keeps winning. But Scott Frost keeps losing in the Big Ten. That's two in a row to Illinois. Uh, he's now 9-18 and 
they were not well coached today. I mean, the execution, the, the punt return, that was one of the biggest gaffes I've seen on a punt return, and I've covered Illinois for the last decade. Uh, no, Joey, there's been some really bad punt returns for Illinois. I wasn't a low blow. I'm sorry. But um, that was awful. And they had penalty after penalty, kept shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, five penalties for 67 yards. Illinois, three for 40. It's just they made smarter plays. Um you know, at times, Bielma might have made a conservative play, but it was the smart play uh, in the game. So I, I don't want to say, oh, my gosh, Illinois has a coaching advantage in every game, but they did today. And that's something Illinois hasn't often had uh, in their history in the past you know, decade. Or you can go back to Ron Zook. A lot of people didn't think they had a coaching advantage in a lot of games. So I think that there's a level of competency here. Um, we've seen it throughout the offseason, and now, Joey, it's one sample size. It's a small sample size, one game, but that's a very encouraging sample size and, and, a, and a very encouraging first impression of what this coaching staff can do. Yeah, the first impression's huge, right? I mean, we had talked about this coming in. You lose this game, and then all those offseason wins you piled up maybe don't count for as much because you're 0-1, and that's not the case. And what he's done, at the very minimum, he, this team, this coaching staff, have extended the honeymoon a week, at least a week, and we'll see what happens. I mean, a lot of eleven more of these things, but to keep the, these good vibes rolling here, that's so important for a program trying to find its footing, its its consistency, its identity, and they've done that. And so much about this is big picture. There's so much little stuff to look into here, but if you step back, Brett Brett kind of dodged the question when he asked was asked what this meant to him. But it meant something to him. It, it did. It had to. I, I won't believe otherwise. Uh, he wanted to be back. He, he's back in college football because he wanted to be. Yeah. And to come out and answer this with a win, that's heavy, man. That's a yeah. lot. And I'm sure maybe when he gets home and puts his head on his pillow tonight, maybe he'll have that moment. Maybe I'm just making this up and he's going to no. he's gonna stonewall this thing all the way through. But I don't think that's the case. I, this, this was really important. And I think it mattered. I think, and he he talked about this in his introductory press conference, he didn't like how that ended last time in college football. It's never ended like that for him to, to be fired. And I think this is a little bit of a revenge tour, right? And a little, hey, I'm still, I've still done good things as a college yeah. football coach. And I think we'll talk about him a lot in like five, six years. Because if he turns this place into, successful, into a success, that will be his career-defining moment. It won't even be Wisconsin three straight Big Ten championships. That'll be a huge part of it. But to be the guy who turns Illinois around, I think that story is about five, six years from now, right? If he can be able to do that, because he'd do it uh, in a century where Illinois just hasn't been able to do it. But I think for his program, Joey, I don't think we should, um, you know, sell low on what one win can do because you had a sold-out student section. I think it's going to be sold out again next week for primetime because Illinois won this game. If they lose, I don't think it is, right? So right there, that, that's money. I think people are going to buy tickets. Like it was 41000 today. I think the pandemic has an effect. I think the heat had a big effect on that uh, because it was really hot on that field, and kudos to Illinois for being able to handle that. But I think there's going to be more tickets sold. I think you're going to have more than 41000 at the next game, even though it's a UTSA. Maybe not. Maybe I'm overestimating that because Nebraska's fans – we're here, but you're going to sell more tickets in the, in the immediate future, right? That's a big deal that pays off right away. The recruits that are in attendance, they're going to have good vibes. The staff's going to get on the phone or you know text recruits after this game, see what we can do here, come here, and you can be great, right? And, and we can help you get there. Then the other part is in that building, Joey, and that might be the most important part. All off season, these guys 
have been taught by uh, Brett Bielma. They feel like they're smarter football players. They feel like they're more well-prepared with this staff. They feel like they're closer. We've heard that a lot. If that would have ended up in a loss in the first game, it's kind of like, oh, it didn't matter all that much, right? And then you get that feeling of, all right, are we really going to turn this thing around? And Brent Bielma's job would have been tougher. Now Brent Bielma's job becomes a little easier. See, look, everything we did in the offseason, everything I was telling you, it leads to a win. I think it's monstrous, more so than the tenants, more so than recruiting. I think it's huge for that locker room going into the, the rest of the, the schedule and going into next week. Yeah, I, I think about – Last year, Jeremy, going into the season before that initial postponement, there was legitimate buzz from those guys, and then it fell. Yeah. It, it fell in a really bad way, and, and I just think it's exactly what you said. It's the uh, guys. We we're not just saying this to say this. We haven't been saying this to say this since January. This follow what we're doing here. We're going to make this thing work. And, and man, there's a lot of guys in that locker room. Really, I know this is one game, so part of me wants to be like one game. Yeah, but they've been through a lot of just really bad, lopsided, hard losses. And I don't think that there's a lot of times outside of the Michigan State win in 2019 that a lot of those guys in the locker room have felt momentum. Mm-hmm. Like It's just yeah. anytime you got it, it was gone. Or anytime you came close to getting it. And now, how do you not feel some momentum, right? You have this offseason and everyone's woo-hooing and pom-poming you. And then you follow it up. And now it's all like, People are talking about yeah. them, and they feel this, and there's got to be excitement, and, and now there's buildable momentum. There's blocks you can continue to stack to, to try to take that a little further. That's so massive to me, given their background. People can't see, but I'm smiling when you said that word momentum because Jake Hansen used that exact word when I asked him. Jake Jake was talking about you got to get the ball rolling, right? Like, and we just felt like last year after that Wisconsin game and then the COVID stuff happened, we just couldn't get that first one. They finally get it at Rutgers. Then they went to Nebraska and they rolled it over in Iowa, right? So, like, even in that little season that was disappointing, you could see what momentum can do for a team. You start the season that way. Then you have a favorable matchup, though. Illinois is capable of losing to UTSA, right? You have a favorable matchup next week. Then you go on the road for an even bigger test against Virginia. And then you have three winnable Big Ten games with, with Maryland, Rutgers, and Purdue, right? Like you have now by winning one, I know they're not going to look ahead towards the UTSA, but we can. You have a stretch here where you can get some momentum going, Joey. And, you know, health has to play a factor but you can start feeling good about yourself and feeling confident about yourself. And if you've got a coaching staff that the game plans well, and we'll dive into that, um, maybe some good things can happen this season. Man, it's amazing what confidence can do for 18- to 24-year-old kids. It just is. I mean, it's, it's so much of how just everything that goes into sports in general. It's not just college kids, but obviously it's probably a little different than a 14-year NFL vet, right? And, that confidence is a really, really big deal, man. And to have that and and to have it extended, right? I mean, this whole thing right now is extend this this honeymoon, this momentum, this fun, day by day and into the next week. And UTSA is no gimme. I mean, I think it's super winnable, but it's no gimme. And, and you know, for us, we can start to look back and say, or look ahead and say, oh, okay, this. They kind of proved what they talked about. There's a real chance that like. We were maybe uh, we're understandably conservative about what this team could be going into yeah. the game, but now that you see it and you see some of the pieces, the road becomes a little clearer for us to imagine, you know, what a couple games can do. And, you know, hey, look, maybe they come out next week and lay an A. You don't want to, you know, drive this thing all the way to California here. But it, it's just 
you got to stack it, man. And you can't stack it without getting the first one. Stacking days and stacking wins. That's what uh, Brett Bielema is trying to do here. I, we also get to give a shout-out to Nebraska. That was a terrible game for them. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I was worried about Adrian Martinez coming into this game. They were too. Brett Bielema said, we scheme for number two. That's the only guy we scheme for uh, coming into this game. And they basically said, contain him and don't let anybody else beat us. They let him They let him loose once, right, uh, Adrian Martinez. And they did have a couple blown coverages, but Adrian Martinez just wasn't able to complete the ball down the field. He's throwing off his back foot sometimes, and that was just inaccurate. Uh, Oliver Martin had a really good game for them. I thought Torre was a, a solid player, but they couldn't get their run game going at all. Uh, but the special teams miscues, the penalties for Nebraska, and then taking seven minutes to have that score in the fourth quarter. Like, Illinois could have been in real trouble there. Um, and and then they missed the extra point once they scored the touchdown. Like, Scott Frost ran three times. A lot of clock came off. It's just they didn't set themselves up for success. And what has Brett Bielema talked about, Joe? It's first got to learn how not to lose the game. Nebraska hasn't learned that yet. Maybe Illinois did today. How many times have we sat in this press box and watched the same thing happen on the other side, right? It's It's – missed opportunities in the passing game it's penalty after penalty it's a targeting here it's a missed tackle there and and look let's be honest Illinois is fortunate a little bit because there were some pretty pretty glaring blown coverages out there at times Nebraska hit on I think two of them uh but look (laughs) you're not going to give them back right and and they did enough and this wasn't a team where you kind of you know there were times Jeremy in the past we had watched and we'd be like all right, when are they going to kind of get in their own way here? Because they, they do that, and then it snowballs into this catastrophic mess. But that wasn't them. Today, I, I mean, it, it's you know, all we can do is base it on the one game that we have. And, yeah, Nebraska, oh, boy. <laughs> that was that was not pretty. And Adrian Martinez, for his electric – I mean, they scheme for him for a reason. I think he's a good player. But, dude, there was about 14 points he left out there with, with missed passes. And – you don't give them back to them, but you count your count your lucky stars and, and go ahead and go go home. Well, the Illinois quarterbacks outplayed him, I think, uh, for the most part, at least at what they're asked to do. Let's talk about that when we come back, and we'll also talk about some of the other individual performances, some guys we've long wanted to see make an impact at Illinois do. And Ryan Walters' defense put together a pretty impressive game. We'll talk about that next on the Online Inquirer podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, you lose your starting quarterback in the second quarter, early in the second quarter, Joey, and that's usually not good. And it wasn't a great start for Arthur Sikowski. Um, first play, gets sacked. Eight straight plays. Illinois did not throw him. And I looked at you and said, are they confident he can throw the ball for them? Then he gets picked, but it's a late hit penalty. Fortunately, went Illinois' way, in my opinion. Uh, I thought it was a borderline call at best, a, a really questionable call, in my opinion. But it goes their way. And after that, he was great. Completed, I think, 11 of his first 12 passes, uh, 12 of 15 on the day, 124 yards, two touchdowns. Nothing crazy. They didn't ask him to do a lot, Joey. He had one great pass to do span. Deuce Man, <laughs> uh, who's a phenomenal athlete. Not surprised he played wide receiver, but he was in the game and they hit him. Um, but just an efficient performance. That's that's what Brett Bielema had at Wisconsin. I think that's what we could expect out of a Peter Sitkowski duo. Peter's probably out for a while. We don't know the severity yet. Looked like a shoulder injury, left shoulder. So if it's collarbone, shoulder separation, that's multiple weeks. We had a guy come in, an Arthur Sikowski, who I know had one of the worst seasons we've ever seen, a Big Ten quarterback, but I told people after I watched the film, he can do some nice things. Like, there's some good things he did at Rutgers the last couple of years. That's a great backup quarterback performance today. You know, that's – before I dig into Art, that's the biggest probably telling sign to me is that moment when Brandon's laying kind of in a heap with, with his shoulder drooping and, and now your starting quarterback is gone, that's when we've seen the wheels completely break off of this thing in the past. I mean, just absolutely lose it. And I, I sat there and I thought, oh, man, is this it? I, I mean, is this all this hype going to go down in, in kind of a flame because Brandon got hurt? And, and it wasn't pretty. Like, they did not ask Art to do a lot. And you're right, I thought it was pretty fortuitous for Illinois for the, uh, the refs to have called that, that double penalty. I, I was – Maybe properly chastised a little bit for it, but um, I, no, I, I agree with you. So maybe we're agreeing too much, but I, I thought if if that call happened for Illinois, like if Owen Carney hit him, uh, hit Adrian Martinez that way, Illinois fans would be up in arms. Oh my God, they would have stormed the field. They would have been so upset, um, and they would have demanded a flag be thrown, or, or or that would have been the end of the day. But look, Art came in, and it's exactly what we had talked about when we tried to project what we thought Brandon could be. It's, hey, how much are they going to ask him to do? And, and maybe it's not a lot. And today it wasn't a lot. It was get the ball to this, this stable, this group of running backs, hit some passes in the flat, make sure you remember that your tight ends are people and, and exist. <laughs> they are people. And yeah, they had players on your team that you can pass to. There's and, a big 82 there. You can throw the ball to them. And Art did everything that they asked him to do. I mean, the, the pass to do span was – Beautiful. Oh, uh, my goodness. That was a dart. That was a dart. Absolutely a, a gorgeous pass. It's like those things I would imagine is what Tony Peterson saw on film and was like, hey, man, we can fix this. We can get this thing to where we need it to be. And that looked good. And, you know, Brett's talked about art. Like he walks like a quarterback, talks, you know, the whole what I had really, frankly, considered coach speak. So I had finally talked with art for the first time today. Dude's got some juice, man. Yeah, like I, I think everything they talk about with Brandon, like Brandon I think has better physical tools. I think Brandon's a better athlete. I think he's got a little bit better of an arm. He's a little bit stronger. The Art's a, a big, strong lad. Um, I just think Art has a natural presence to him. It's a little matter of fact, but you know when you walk into a room and one guy's body language just screams, yep, that was the most popular kid at school. He's the quarterback, but he's also a nice guy. Like He just has that kind of – 
I, presence about him. Like, Brandon's kind of slouch sometimes, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but, like, when you're quarterback, Tony Peterson thinks that matters. Brett Bielema thinks that matters. Um, so I think it matters, and I, I think Art has a little bit of that. So I don't know how great he'll be, but I think he can be a solid quarterback for you. And I think with Illinois, that's what they want. That's what they, they want their quarterback to be solid and efficient. Talk about it a lot. Just, just be in the middle of the Big Ten, right? Be a middle of the Big Ten quarterback. Don't be the reason you guys go to a post-game press conference to be like, well, yeah, he didn't play very well. Just be middle of the road. And with the way we saw this defense is shell a little bit, and it sounds like they've got more up their sleeve. And with the running game, being okay is fine. Complimentary football. They've been talking about that for a long time. You're not asking Arthur Sikowski or Brandon Peters to be Adrian Martinez, which is carry us to victory. Right, you're asking Arthur Sikowski to hand the ball off to a good running game, right? A solid defense will keep us in the game and don't hurt us with these big turnovers. And he had one, got fortunate that it didn't get uh, that got overturned because of the penalty. But after that, he really settled in. I'll say it. I'll always wonder when I think about this game what happens if that's not yeah. a 30 yard penalty and instead it's an interception. And that would have told me a lot about snapping out of that momentum. But they didn't have to face that. So onward, I suppose. And, yeah, we don't know. It didn't look great for Brandon, and frankly, that sucks for Brandon. Yeah. It just sucks. It, this guy is, has had a really unique and, and kind of crappy at times road to get to this sixth year, and, and that, that just stinks. It's, it's really unfortunate. But, Art, that's why you go out and you get your quarterback room the way that you want your quarterback room to look, to be, to have these certain skills – and, you know, some people kind of poo-pooed it a little bit when they went and got Art, right? It's like, oh, this guy, this cat threw a million interceptions. Well, he did, but Brett, you know, it's, it's, Brett's talked about it a lot. It's that just turn the page, man. This isn't your freshman year at Rutgers anymore. This isn't his freshman year at Rutgers. And Brett had about a 30-second discussion with him on the sideline, and, and he said, hey, listen, there's a reason why you're the one here. And, and I just think I, I'm just kind of guessing a little bit, I suppose, but – I don't know how often Art Sikowski's had that kind of confidence pushed into him by a college head coach. Yeah. You get it as a freshman, it doesn't go very well. You get benched, you're in and you're out. And now you got a guy saying, hey, we're ready for you, man. Yeah. This yeah. is your job, and that's got to matter. Yeah, and, and that Big Ten experience, I think, pays off. All those experiences he's been through, I thought he was poised. I thought he was really poised today, so that was really impressive. Uh, Mike Epstein, shouts to Mike Epstein. Uh, Chase Brown, uh, limited today, played a little bit, five carries, 24 yards. We'll ask Brett on Monday. We didn't get the chance. Uh, press conference ended before we got the chance to ask about Chase Brown, but uh, still a solid performance for him. Reggie Love, 45 rushing yards, about four yards per carry. Shikari Norwood made nice impact. I've been asking for him to get involved in the receiving game when Rod Smith was here. He had, to, he had a nice catch for a touchdown there, also three carries for 16 yards. But Mike Epstein leads the way, 16 carries, 75 yards, a touchdown. Uh, I think we know that running back room is pretty good. Chase Hayden, if he's your fifth guy, four carries, 12 yards, you'll take that. But let's talk about two guys we've been waiting to get involved. Isaiah Williams, heavily involved. Six catches, 41 yards, and a touchdown. Also had two carries for eight yards. Uh, and then Luke Ford, three targets in one game. You can do that? 
you can do that with Luke Ford. Three catches, 30 yards, one touchdown, um, triples his career catches, gets his first career touchdown catch in front of his family. They gets to watch him in person in Atlanta uniform for the first time. Um, they got a lot of people involved here, Joey. Seven receivers had a catch. Uh, six different non-quarterbacks had a rush. Um, they're involving a lot of people. I still don't think that wide receiver room is all that great, especially with Brian Hightower and Jafar Armstrong out. But I thought Tony Peterson and the quarterbacks got everybody involved. Yeah, I mean, they made it work with what they had. And let's talk about Luke because that was the first play of the game. You called it. Hey, look, I mean, some things are just pretty I asked Luke, I said, did you know? Did you know it's going to be? And he said, I can't confirm or deny that. So I'm going to go ahead and move forward and assume that had always been the plan. Which, what a call by Brett Bielman and Tony Peterson. Be like, hey, the last staff didn't get Luke Ford involved. We'll get him involved on the first play. Just the epitome of properly reading the room, right? I mean, oh my goodness. I, I was a little surprised fireworks did not go off in the middle of the drive. I, I don't know, maybe there was a miscommunication there. But man, it's a big dude, man. He is. A, you see him out there, he's a tough guy. To cover, and, and I mean, you know, Daniel Barker, I don't believe, had a catch today. Yeah. I know, Jeremy. <laughs> My bull prediction takes a hit. Well, mine, mine didn't, but that's <laughs> fine. Uh, but you know what? You're starting to see where it's not, okay, what do we do if we can't get the ball to Joshi Matterbebe? What do we do if we can't run the ball with Mike Epstein and Chase Brown? Those were questions that, honestly, just where the talent was, with this, what they were doing, those were really hard questions for Illinois to answer recently. And now, I'm not saying this is all fixed, because there are going to be games where you look at the offense and you say, what in the world happened out there? But today, they got a lot of guys involved, and they they shuffled in running backs. They shuffled in offensive linemen. I mean, it took them a little bit to get the mix. Then you see Julian Pearl going out there from time to time. They, they just mix things up. I don't think there were times where I sat there and I thought, okay, this is definitely going to be the 11 on the field for this whole possession. It was in and out and moving and shaking, and, and they utilized everything. And, and Chase Hayden, I don't believe, played until the second half. And he comes in and he gets going, and there's just – you know, I don't know if it's all going to work out, but there's a commitment to figuring it out, right, and, and to giving them th- this opportunity. And we saw it a little bit with Jakari Norwood in Wisconsin. I thought Rod Smith – Tried to shoehorn him into the offense last year. did not work at all, and that was the end of that. But you start to just see a little bit of, of maximizing what these guys can do, you know, pumping the heater when you have to, but also taking a little bit off of it. And, and that's just – it was a nice give and take offensively today. Yeah, I think I think the st- last staff left some talent here, and you see two of those guys today uh, in Isaiah Williams and Luke Ford, but you also see, like, they saw Deuce Span, what I saw in film out of him as high school, phenomenal athlete. And – they switched him to, to wide receiver when we weren't watching and we couldn't see camp, right? And they have a play. They have a package in there for him. Um, I find that very, very impressive. Jakari Norwood, they say, hey, this guy's got some, some speed. Let's, let's get him in the, in the game. Let's get him involved some way. And they find a way to get him the ball and, and make it all work together. So I was really impressed with that. I might be even more impressed um, with what Ryan Walters and his staff were able to do today. Um, outside of that 75-yard rush, by Adrian Martinez. So you take that rush out of it. Um, Nebraska had 38 carries for 70 yards. Now, I know you have to keep that Martinez one in there. Even if you do that, 3.7 yards per carry, Joey. That is a key to this all because if they can run against you, Adrian Martinez is going to just crush you, right? Because you, have, you can't stop the run, and then you have to worry about this guy, too, who can run all over you. Um, I, I think it's scheme. I, I think it's better coaching, all those different things. But – uh, that was really impressive. I do think 
coverage at times was not great, um, but I thought it was as good in other times. So, I mean, a team like Nebraska's got some talent. They're going to beat you every once in a while, but we saw a scheme that was multiple. They came out in, what, a 2-4-5? Um, or four two five, whatever you want to call it, two down linemen, two outside linebackers, you know, two linebackers, and then uh, five defensive backs, including Kirby Joseph playing safety and, and Quan Martin playing nickel. Uh, I thought they played really well. They had a three four out there at times, so they did switch things up in the middle of games and uh, kept them guessing. And, and Jake Hansen, I asked him about like what was different against Adrian Martinez this time. Like, what'd you do differently with Ryan Walters? He said we put pressure on him, and we worried about him. And uh, it was a pretty good game plan. So kudos to Ryan Walters. I thought his defense was really good throughout most of the day. Um, certainly things they can learn from and get better from. But 3.7 yards per carry and, and not letting the you know, wide receivers beat you too much. That was an impressive performance. I know we sometimes up here in the media or fans kind of roll their eyes. That, oh, we're going to be multiple, right? And it's like, well, are you, though? They, I mean, they were. It was possession to possession. It was... You know, they opened in a way that we hadn't seen before, and they'd done a lot of those things. So you have that, and I thought he was really creative in the way he brought pressure. I mean, it came. Tony Adams was running back there. You had Jake Hans, and it. I just didn't think they ever let Adrian Martinez get comfortable in what he was trying to do. Now, he's. He, I still think he's a good player. I know he had some bad passes, and he had some miscues. He's going to get you, man. He's going to get you for 75 yards. You don't want it to happen, but that's going to happen. But I just thought they'd never let him find his groove. There had been so many times with him, with other Big Ten quarterbacks, where it's like you could sit back there and almost just yell out, like, hey, this pass going to this cat. He's going to be there, and, and good luck with it. And, and I just thought they really made his life – they made him think and process a lot, and they made him not know what was coming from where. And that was really impressive. And the coverage things I'm sure they'll work on, and they'll get cleaned up, and maybe it won't ever be great. But, but there was never an egregious one, right? It was never like, oh, that guy's – like uh, the, wheel the, wheel route. Route. the wheel route was about the only one. Um, so that, there weren't many of those, though. Like, But you also see five guys got a sack this game. C.J. Hart, Johnny Newton, Seth Coleman, Rod Perry, Keith Randolph. A couple quarterback hurries from uh, Johnny Newton. I thought Keith Randolph played pretty well, forced that fumble where C.J. Hart scooped it and scored it. Like – we thought there was some talent in that front seven, um, and it showed up today. Front six, I guess, today with the, with the scheme they were running. But I thought it showed up today, and, and I thought the, the scheme was, was well done. Also, my boy Devin Witherspoon, four pass breakups. Four pass breakups. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. almost had two picks. He should have had. He came pretty pretty darn close to two picks. He, I don't know if he's your Nate Hobbs, but he <laughs> – he really, really played well. They like him, man. And that was a great find by Lovey. Here we are dogging the old scheme. But that was a really good find. Found some talent. I mean, there's some talent that they won with today. Uh, yeah, the, he was really excellent. I thought the C.J. Hart play was – I know everyone, and I'm guilty of it too. You look at the 30 free yards and the no pick, and you know, what a big play. That was – like they were kind of sputtering a little bit in the first half, and your starting quarterback's gone, and – and, you know, I think Nebraska had just gone down and scored. It was this ugly 9-2 to score that you almost never see in a football game. And then with 30 seconds left, Keith Randolph, and then here's C.J. Hart just streaking down the sideline, scoring, and it just felt in that moment like everything just flipped a little bit. And then that was the start of this 38 nothing or 28 nothing extravaganza that led through this third quarter. And that was that was the biggest play of the game to me with C.J. Hart and, and the Keith Randolph combination there. And C.J. Hart looked like an athlete uh, taking that one to the house. You can see why uh, 
Dave Doran wouldn't want to lose him. Uh, just a few other things here. Um, how about Brett Bielma era? First score of the game is a safety. Uh, how, can, is it more poetic than that? And special teams played really well today, Joey. Uh, no miscues uh, on the return game, unlike Purdue, which I don't know what Omar Manning was thinking. He obviously wasn't thinking at the time, but also what a punt by Blake Hayes. What a punt the one before that where it's out at the one-yard line. Uh, he had two punts, I believe, inside the 50 or two punts over 50 yards and two punts of uh, inside the 20 today. Um, he was really good. And then James McCourt, after getting that penalty on, on a touchdown, Doug Kramer had a, an unnecessary roughness. And James McCourt from the 20-yard line has a touchback? Oh, that's some big leg. He was supposed to be in Ireland, so he was upset at the football apparently. Yeah, I, I actually talked to his family before. that. They're, they're, you know, His parents were really bummed about not being over there. And, and I know, look, James has been inconsistent at times in his career. That dude's got a leg on him, man. And he – just not letting another team return a kickoff. I don't think they did. If, if I'm not mistaken, I believe everything no. was a touchback. And the, the the one that you're talking about from the 20, that should not. That had no business being a touchback. It just didn't. And this dude, I mean, we even got a Lauren Tate uh, you know, ex, ex, what is it, exasperation. <laughs> I can type it. I can't say it. Um, man, the special teams so overlooked, right? And it's it's hard to say that in a program that has had Blake freaking Hayes, dude. <laughs> Another one at the one-yard line. That's just unbelievable. The one, and I remember thinking, I'm like, is he really going to start this off with a touchback his super senior year? Nah. No, just, it was a beautiful punt, and he's really good, man. He's a really, really – you know, I'll say, we, we talked to him earlier in the week, and he said, you know, this is, this is my last year playing football. And yeah. for, for somehow we kind of made eye contact, at, and I looked at him like – what, are you going to, like, retire? Or do you not have interest? Do they not call it football in Australia? Yeah, <laughs> this certainly is not your last year. You're going to make some cash doing this thing, man. And he, he's a very humble guy. Like, I believe that in complete sincerity. That he just wasn't sure, like, if this is going to be a thing for him. But, man, Brett Bielema has been hyping up the, the lads. And that's why, dude. They were really stinking good today. Yeah. All right, so next you get UTSA, uh, 6.30 kickoff on BTN. They went 7-5 and five last year in Jeff Trailer's first year. They get their quarterback back, their running back back, who was really good for them last year. Uh, they, they do have um, some new wide receivers who come from you know some Power 5 schools, so we'll break them down as we, as we go along here. But not a given, not a given. A UTSA team that's gotten better. They recruit uh, well out of Texas. Uh, Joe Price, a former recruiting staffer for Lovey Smith, uh, is now uh, head of their recruiting department so um what do you think going into next week what are some big thoughts obviously i don't think brandon peters will be back uh we'll see on, on brian hightower and, and jafar armstrong because i think they do need uh, another big physical wide receiver but uh any thoughts going into next week well we also need to see on calvin hart yeah. uh, we need to see what his status was he left the game with an injury but look so utsa has got the stud running back i'm blanking on his name uh but look illinois played the run really really well today so, I, you know, it used to be when a, a this stud running back came in, it was like, oh, what's it, 250? That sound about right. And, look, maybe this was a one-off. We don't, you know, we still have to keep that in mind. But that front four was really, really good. Front however many, five, three, four, five, they were really good. And, and now you feel confident a little bit that Illinois can handle a really good running back and make a team throw and make a college quarterback beat you while you're making him uncomfortable. So, I told you I, I said 3-0 and going into Maryland. Uh, I'm a third of the way there, people are saying, so that's good. 
Yeah. And now uh, I'll be picking Illinois to win some games here coming up. Because uh, I told you I had a hard time predicting this game the entire season as I did. And now, like, I thought it'd be a close game. Ended up a close game towards the end. Uh, but now you see that they're smarter. Right? It's a smarter football team. You see what the schemes are. You see how they've adjusted. Now we'll see how UTSA game plans for a full game of film. And I'm sure Illinois didn't unveil everything today. But certainly great vibes, and there should be, um, whether it comes to the fan base, recruits, but especially uh, in that building. A heck of a start to the Brett Bielema era, and we'll see what they can do with it moving forward. Thanks for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed the game. For everybody that made it, I hope you hydrated throughout it. Uh, but it, at least they gave you a show uh, in the heat. Everybody, uh, keep tuned to Illini Enquirer for all the latest in Illinois football. I got a column. Joey's got a story coming up on Art Sikowski with some notebook uh, information. And, of course, Jay Lehman will join me on the podcast on Monday to break down everything. I can't wait to go back and watch some of the film, watch what happened on the line. Because offensive line didn't start all that well, uh, especially Alex Palczewski and, and Blake Jarosati. And, and Alex Pilstrom got uh, taken out midway through the game for Bedovinak, but then went back in. So I'm, I'm just interested to see some of those things uh, back on film, and we'll break down that a little bit next time. Everybody give us a follow wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate that. A rating, a review as well. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Online Enquirer podcast. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.